5-4-3-2-1-0 Welcome to the Savvy Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Mood. And I'm your host, Suma. And on this week's podcast, we're going to talk about recent tech events, specifically relating to CES a few weeks ago. And uh, I think we'll start this episode by uh, talking about Uber and Hyundai. Uh, Uber and Hyundai have somehow teamed up and uh, are planning on releasing a flying taxi. Uh, do you have any more info about that, Tsumo? Yeah, uh, the plan mood is to enable Uber's users at some point in the future to order a flying taxi instead of just ordering a regular Uber car. They say that the first prototype is going to be ready by 2023, so some experts would argue that it would take at least 10 years to develop safe software for flying a vehicle, so we're not sure whether they would be able to accomplish that soon. Um, Because mainly, it's not only the software that needs to work, uh, the batteries also need to have a pretty good range. Now, the company's saying they will have to put in a significant amount of effort into uh, selling that service to the users or to the consumers because they will have to market it as safe, as more efficient, as a better experience, perhaps more enjoyable. The taxi is supposed to have four seats other than the main passenger seat. Well, the main passenger seat being the pilot seat. However, um, the CEO of Earth Autonomy, Sanjeev Singh, firmly believes that this project won't be successful until it is fully autonomous. Uh, Wait, what's Earth Autonomy? Uh, Well, Earth Autonomy is a startup which specializes in developing software that runs flying vehicles. Why does he think that? Wait, he thinks uh, the aircraft had to be fully autonomous. Yeah. I'm assuming... That's because he doesn't want to pay the pilot <laughs> to fly the plane. Actually, yes, that's one of the reasons. He thinks that it would be very expensive to hire a pilot, even more expensive than uh, just programming an automated a flying... flying drone. Yes, exactly. Also, uh, he believes that companies could make more money by reserving the fifth seat in the vehicle for an actual customer or user. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, on the other hand, uh, Singh says that autonomous aircraft would be much easier to develop than self-driving cars. He says it, between air quotes, uh, when flying, just stay away from everything. You don't have to figure out if that's a tumbleweed or a suitcase in the street. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, if I'm honest with you, I kind of I kind of have a counter argument for that because as soon as autonomous vehicles become a mainstream thing and it's normal to see a flying vehicle in the air, wouldn't these problems start to occur? Oh, you mean there'll be more things to try to avoid in the air? Yes, exactly. Well, here's the thing. Uh, there already exists flying... Well, there already exists flying objects in the sky... And they already have autopilot. Planes. Planes pretty much fly themselves from airport to airport. Even land in some cases and take off. A lot of planes can land and take off uh, without pilot interference. Which means 
A plane nowadays can theoretically take off from one location and fly all the way to another location and land without a pilot. But pilots actually yeah, enjoy landing planes. Mm-hmm. That's why they do it. And yeah, some older planes don't land themselves. Uh, so I think this won't be as hard as uh, a Tesla, for example. Uh, and uh, well, Teslas exist. So even if it was just as hard, it's possible to do. Yeah, this is this is the other side to that. Um, well, maybe to add more to the challenges that Uber and Hyundai might face in manufacturing the invention, they will need a certificate from the FFA in order to operate what's, their... Uh, what's uh, the FFA? The Federal Aviation Administration. Nice. <laughs> yes. In order to, oper- to operate the taxi, which can take up to several years. I mean, do you... Do you realize the amount of work that they would have to go through and the amount of testing in order to prove that they are safe? That's in the US, the FFA. Uh, they have to do that in every single country? Or is this specifically like... If you get it in the UK, in the USA, do you do you get it in the UK as well? Is it uh, some sort of agreed upon certification that can be accepted internationally? Well, the FFA US certification is very very hard to get. So I'm assuming that if you got it, then you would only have to get the EU version of the certificate, and then it's smooth from from there. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so our next story is about the Sony PlayStation 5. Uh, okay, so Sony PlayStation 5 is, of course, like one of the major highlights of 2020 for any gamer out there or anyone who even mildly likes video games. There's been like a ton of rumors for years all about it. And uh, basically, uh, the main rumor that's recently appeared is the design. Uh, it's uh, a weird looking thing that looks mostly like an alien spaceship with this giant v-shaped uh half the top half looks like a giant v and uh it's mostly uh it mostly looks like an air filter or grill a grill yeah Yeah, like a car grill you know the like on the front of the car yeah this like (laughs) yeah that's basically what it looks like it actually looks kind of shit i'm gonna i'm gonna have to say this i really don't don't like like, i do not like the design i don't I thought the design was pretty badass. No, it doesn't. It looks uh, it, it looks the opposite of abstract. It looks too detailed. But, you know, to each their own. To each their own. Uh, Sony said the controllers would be much better than the PlayStation 4 controllers, which were amazing. So I don't know how they're going to improve on that design. They're saying, they're saying they'll have more vibration and enhanced tactile sensations. Ryan, the CEO of uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, had this to say about it. Crashing into a wall in a race car feels much different than making a tackle on a football field. You can even get a sense of the variation of textures when running through fields or plodding through mud. I don't know how accurate that is, but uh, he says in um, one post... Would the voice be accurate? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. The voice is complete. Oh, man. Did I do a voice? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll try not to do a voice this time. He wrote in one post... One of our goals with the next generation is to deepen the feeling of immersion when you're playing. And uh, now we know that the PS5 has an AMD graphics chip and uh, it's going to have an SSD and it's going to be uh, much faster, of course, with, a, with enhanced audio and enhanced graphics, including 4K mm-hmm. uh, and ray tracing, which is like super cool. 
I'm really excited for ray tracing. Now at uh, the CES event in 2020, Sony didn't really have much to say. It only released uh, the logo and the name. And that's, I, I don't know. I, it's about I, as much as they could say. <laughs> yeah, that really sucks. I was really hoping for a lot more. But anyway, super excited for it. It's going to be out on November in November this year, if there are no delays, which I hope there aren't, uh, about the 20th, which is actually three days before my birthday. So yes, I'm expecting a PlayStation 5 for my birthday. Yeah, uh, gee, I don't know about that. I mean... No, no, no pressure. Uh, just, just, it's what I'm expecting. So, you know. Just okay, can you lower your expectations a bit? No. How about a game for PlayStation 5? Okay, okay, I'll accept that. Okay. I'll accept that. Moving on to our next piece of news. Um, Amazon now suspiciously says that browser extension Honey is a security risk now that PayPal owns it. Now, how Honey works, uh, it's a Google Chrome uh, extension that basically looks all over the internet for any coupon discounts when you're making an online purchase. Honey is the browser extension that's uh, basically being marketed by every single YouTuber ever. It's had a really good uh, marketing campaign and every single YouTuber has pushed it. They also have this thing where they uh, have the YouTuber on the second time they push it, tell the users how, ma how much money was saved by people who clicked the previous link. Really? So uh, if a YouTuber pushes it this month, in a month when they push it again, they'll mm -hmm. tell you how much money the people who clicked the original link saved. And it's always like crazy huge numbers, like $100,000 $200,000 by just the, the subscribers for that specific user who used Honey. So that explains why Joe Rogan is always um, pushing it as a part of his one of his uh, podcast sponsors. Yeah, they have a huge marketing campaign. Yeah, so anyways, uh, in November of 2019, PayPal bought the, the browser extension Honey for uh, approximately $4 billion. Wow. Yeah, and when the purchase was made and done, Amazon suddenly started displaying a warning, a security warning that read, Honey's browser extension is a security risk. Honey tracks your private shopping behavior, collects data like your order history and items saved, and can read or change any of your data on any website you visit. To keep your data private and secure, uninstall the extension immediately. Now, it was first spotted on the 20th of December of 2019, approximately one month after the purchase was made or after the deal was finalized. And uh, yeah, that's it for this piece. Uh, do you think that Amazon is displaying this message because PayPal bought Honey? Or do you think Honey is bad for Amazon in general? Yeah, I definitely think that uh, because PayPal uh, bought Honey, I have a feeling that it has a great deal to do with why the warning uh, was suddenly displayed. But the thing is, nobody knows why. Does Amazon have problems with PayPal? Is PayPal a competitive to Amazon in one way or the other? Nah, nah. You see, the thing is, Honey uh, helps you save money on uh, on uh, products you buy, right? So what if the uh, 
Honey extension is hurting Amazon's bottom line. People are paying less for stuff because of Honey. Like they're saving hundreds of thousands of dollars that could have gone to Amazon. That is definitely an explanation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next piece. So, during CES 2020, a bunch of new TVs were shown, a bunch of new phones were shown, but uh, I'm going to focus specifically on Samsung because they had two very cool new phones. And uh, one of them is a folding phone, but I'm going to start with the first one, which is the new Galaxy phone, which you might expect uh, would be called the Galaxy S10 or 11. But no, it's actually called the S20. Did I say to S10? S10 already exists. I should have said S11. So anyway, the... Uh, Why do you think it was called S20? Well, first of all, I think it's because they don't want to put out a phone with the number 11 in it one year after the iPhone 11. Yes. Which yeah, would true, make true. regular users think the phone is behind. Plus, I believe that the number 20 is much more catchy than 11, don't yeah. you think? The companies... Uh, really like companies really have a thing with numbers like uh, windows when they skip to windows 9 straight to windows 10 it's uh basically the fear that users will uh, use the number to decide if the product is modern or not and uh if somebody's had uh, if somebody just buys the iphone s11 i mean uh the galaxy s11 and the iphone 12 comes out yeah well, that's just not acceptable, is it? Because users will be like, oh, damn, you have the 11, I have the 12. Yeah, it's, like Yours a, is... it's like a race between um, yeah. products. Even though the numbers Product don't make... Versions. Like, the numbers don't have anything to do with uh, the product. Uh, the You can't use the numbers to compare the products, basically. You can't compare Samsung and iPhone using their product numbers because the numbers mean different things for each company. But anyway, you can't really convince users... Uh, using that uh, kind of logic. So instead, they decide to jump straight to the S20. Now, uh, there are going to be five variants of this phone, at least. Uh, mainly, this has to do with uh, 5G support, since some of the phones have it and some don't. So uh, there's going to be at least the S20, the S20 Plus, and the S20 Ultra. And it's uh, going to be like uh, a version with 5G and a version without 5G for each of those. Anyway, uh, the other phone they had was a really cool-looking uh, small folding phone that they're apparently calling the Samsung Bloom. A folding phone? So is that like a flip phone? <laughs> it's is a, that a modern version of the flip phone. It does sort of look like a flip phone, and uh, except you know a screen instead of a keyboard. It's just one large screen that flips. Just like the other folding phone that they had a while back, except this one will hopefully not break within like the next, the first day of you buying it. <laughs> the Galaxy Bloom is designed to be compact and uh, aimed at young women, so you'll probably like it. Uh, <laughs> Why? Best. Why is it aimed at young women? Mainly because of the size, and also apparently uh, they designed the Galaxy Bloom with the pretty sure it's pink. It's probably going to be pink. Yeah. Uh, they probably designed, uh, they said that they designed it with the motif of compact powder from oh. French cosmetics brand Lancome. What? Well, no, uh, can you pronounce that? Lancome. Lancome. Yes, Lancome. So yeah, two new phones 
That's definitely an interesting um, turn on phones, making a phone like a compact powder. <laughs> Would you buy it though? Would you get Never. It? Why? Because why? How would that benefit me as a girl? What would be different about it? I can't. Well, it fits in your purse at least. Yeah. Unlike most modern phones. A lot of my phone fits in my purse. And if it didn't, I can always put it in my back pocket. I don't understand. But hey, I'm sure there's going to be a... Um, a Large market for it. Exactly. Yeah. At least I hope. <laughs> Another piece we have on Samsung, it seems like it's the star of this week's podcast episode. Um, Samsung's future factory, Star Labs, has developed Neon. What is Neon? It's an AI-powered virtual being that looks and behaves like real humans. Like, basically, imagine if you're Google Assistant or Siri were actual humans. Would you like that? I would love that. That's like so um, 2049. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that kind of reminds me of the... Uh, Blade Runner movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. His his girlfriend, what what's, what was her name? I don't remember. It yeah. was like it was like Siri or Alexa. It yeah, had that he had a short, girlfriend. Short, uh, short uh, techni- tech- technological names. Yeah, he had a girlfriend and she was basically Siri except for... With emotions. And memory and all the things that make someone human except a body. She yeah, was basically and doesn't get jealous when you mention Alexa. <laughs> so, now we know that these assistants are like uh, Siri and Alexa and Google uh, help assistant, but they're not programmed to be uh, a bot that just answers questions for you no that's a bot that is ha- supposed to behave like your friend uh your assistant uh to engage with you and and act like a real person so star lab ceo pranav mystery says we have always dreamed of such virtual beings in science fiction and movies that is such a cool name pranav mystery right yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to have my name be Mystery. Yep, <laughs> me too, to be honest. Now, uh, the the Neons were first introduced in this year's Consumer Electronics Show, CES. Yep. And they included uh, simulations of a banker, a yoga instructor, a K-pop star, Ooh. a news anchor, and a fashion model. Nice. Yeah. And... They also look very real. They are also very uh, stylish from how they look in the pictures. I encourage you, everyone, to Google them, please. You need to take a look at this. <laughs> oh yeah. Plus, we'll have the uh, we'll have the links to all the sources in the uh, episode description. So there'll be a picture there too. Uh, they can also remember and learn things about the user. Now, what do you think uh, user here means? Does that mean their owner? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like uh, your phone basically remembering your voice or something like that. It's basically just them learning um, info about you and not forgetting it, unlike Siri or Alexa. Yeah, now it's important to remember that Neons are still in their early development phase. So right now, they're mainly acting as AI chatbots in a human-like form. Um, 
At the electronics event, visitors could see live demonstrations of the life-sized neons on large displays、uh, while they reacted and responded to their audience in real time. Now, a future vision that they have for neons is that、uh, a user would be able to license or subscribe to a neon with different virtual humans.、Uh, Being able to offer different services such as customer service advisor,、uh, a financial advisor, healthcare provider, or concierge. Now, with further developments, they could work as television presenters, spokespeople, actors, even maybe. Alternatively, the avatars could simply act as friends or companions. Okay,、uh, so it says here that mystery. Has said that neon is a new kind of life. There are millions of species on our planet, and we hope to add one more. Neon will be、uh, our friends, collaborators, and companions, continually learning, evolving, and forming memories from their interactions. That is super ambitious. I can't really like. I'm having a hard time believing that, to be honest. It's kind of creepy, if I'm honest. <laughs> Yeah, it's creepy too. I'm imagining that a lot of people would have would attack this、uh, invention by saying that they're gonna st- start to replace jobs even more than AI is currently doing so. Yeah.、Uh, they're going to.、Um, I mean, it could help in some ways and could also hurt us in other ways.、Uh, like for example, if you have anxiety, social anxiety, imagine if you could like. You have social anxiety, and you're super rich. You could probably subscribe to a bunch of neons and just have them lift you up and practice your social、uh, skills on them, right? Yeah, I guess that is actually a way to、uh, to make friends when you have no friends. Oh my god, this、uh, sounds so sad. I mean, also if you need an assistant and you can't really afford to pay someone monthly. You could acquire one if your tasks don't require that much. I don't know. I mean, well, that that assumes that they're cheaper than hiring a human being. Who yeah, knows? I don't know. I don't think so.、Um, the technology platform、uh, powering Neons、uh, is Core R three, and it stands for Reality, Real Time, and Responsive. Uh, it implies behavioral neural networks, evolutionary generative intelligence, and computational reality. Wow! Yeah. The system、uh, seems to be、uh, not that different from、uh, Tesla's、uh, or Elon Musk's、uh, new startup,、uh, Neuralink, since、uh, that also is trying to bridge the gap between、uh, the mind and the technology using.、Uh, Basically, computer interfaces、uh, and AI. Yeah, basically, at the end of the day, all of these startups have one ultimate final goal, which is to be able to connect the brain to an external device to form a brain-machine interface, which would eventually lead to superhuman intelligence. Yep. All right, I think、uh, that's about all we have for today. But there is one last story that I'd like to talk about, which is super tiny and kind of funny. Edge, the Microsoft browser that just will not die, is back again. Yep, it's back.、Uh, a while back, they、uh, decided they were gonna remake it again. This time, based on Chromium, and it's finally ready. 
a new version of the browser is now available for download. Uh, you can go to their website. Uh, it's it's about it's been about a year since they uh, declared that they were going to make it, and uh, it's uh, beta right now. But soon uh, it's going to be shipping with a Windows 10 update that will replace the current Edge browser with new Chromium-based browser. A lot of people are uh, getting it already though with uh, pre-built machines. Pre-built machines will have the uh, new version of Edge pre-installed. This includes the uh, small notebooks that are being used by schools. Now, I mean, at this point, I think they believe in Edge more than Yahoo believes in itself. <laughs> like, I swear to God, this browser just will not die. But I will say this. I will give it a shot. I'll, I'll try it. I will install it, and I will try it. And I'll tell you what it's like. It's probably going to be shit. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, leave Google Chrome for anything, to be honest. I'm very happy with Google Chrome. Firefox is better, though, so maybe you should leave it for that. Nope. Google Chrome is the best. Let's agree to disagree. So, now. <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Check the uh, description to see all the links. And, and check our sources. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Check the description for all the links to the sources that we used for this episode. And, uh, yep, leave a positive review and like us and do all the other things that people do to podcasts. I'm not sure what they are yet, but do them.